So this morning I have the opportunity to speak to you about membership. I actually entitled it, Membership Matters, uh, A Call to Commitment. Um, we live in a day and age where people um, attend churches but never really plant roots deep in those churches. And, um, and part of the reason is, is that uh, we live in a very fast-paced culture. Uh, we live in a culture that has been separated. Um, we live in a culture that uh, does not adhere to commitments today. And I think that a number of people believe that church membership is not something that is even biblical. It's optional. So this morning, what I would like to uh, do with you is to, to just spend some time uh, looking at the problem of, of no church membership. Um, Second, I want to look at principles from God's Word that I believe will tell you that church membership is not only optional, it is expected. And then third, I want to talk to you about a paradigm, a paradigm that uh, we could look at here in our church, the problem, the principle, and the paradigm, those three things. I was trying to think about why it is that people may choose not to become a, a member in a church. And, and as I said, one of the reasons is that many people believe that membership is just optional. Uh, we have societies today where uh, we live in the society and we believe that we have options for everything and including church membership. I think another reason why we have people who choose not to become members of a church today is that we as leaders have oftentimes failed to, to speak well and speak truthfully from God's Word as to what membership is and that it is a biblically driven idea. And maybe for some churches, not ours, but for some churches, they worry about having a very big front door and they worry about having a big back door and they believe that a call to commitment will cause people to rush out the back door. And uh, actually, when you look at the statistics, churches that encourage people to become members of a community, their membership numbers start to grow. They actually don't diminish. Uh, we live in an individualistic and a consumeristic culture, and, and that's the standard that many people today follow. There's an antagonism today that I find that against commitment and accountability. People just don't want to do that. I don't want to put myself under. You know, uh, Pastor Tim and I have often talked about the fact that in our culture as well, there was a time years ago where you lived and you worked in your community. You didn't have one hour, two hour, three hour commutes. And, and that's another reason why, you know, the waking hours, most of your waking hours for some people are spent away from home and away from community. So as a result, you fail to drop deep roots into a community and you don't kindle those lasting relationships because most of the time is spent on the roads, separated from your home and your community. Some people um, refuse to become members because they don't like authority. They don't want to submit to authority. They're unwilling to uh, submit to authority. They want to live autonomous, autonomously. There are some as well that I think do what we call church hopping. 
Uh, it's kind of like going to a new restaurant. I'll go to a restaurant this afternoon, and I like that, and I'll go to another restaurant next week. And, and in doing so, this church hopping, what they do is they visit verse different places so that they can get variety. And some people do not realize that they have spiritual gifts that God has given them to be used in a local body. So what pro- what's the problem? What does it matter, James, if people don't want to become members in a church? Well, well, it creates a lot of problems. One, they remain a stranger. They come into the church, and they're pretty much autonomous. They come in at 1030, and they leave at 12 o'clock, and no one knows you. No one knows your name. Maybe another problem is is that people will come to church and they will see church as like a spectator sport. You know, I I participate in some great singing, I participate in hearing a sermon, but that's it, and then I leave. I'm not really, really involved. For some of us, we avoid committing ourselves to other believers. We're maybe afraid to do something. For a number, what we do is we we fail to contribute to the body. You know, if you look at a lot of churches today, 90% of the work is done by, what, 10% or even lower of the people. And so what happens is that you become a partaker in the church, but you do not become a participant in the church. A more dangerous issue is this. When you, when you choose not to become a member and vitally connected in a church, you do not put yourself under some level of authority of people that have been given the charge by God to shepherd and to care for you. And, and let's say you struggle with some type of doctrinal issue. And these pastors and these elders have been given by God to you to help you to grow. But if you hop from one church to another, maybe you're still stuck in that doctrinal issue and you'll never grow. Or maybe there's some activities that are happening in your lives that God wants to use these people in your lives to help you to grow to become a more mature believer. But when you avoid that, what you do is you open yourself up to continuing in the same behavior over and over again. So what's the problem? The problem is is that we live in a society that fails to adhere to commitments. And when we do that, you are hindered and our church is hindered, and I don't believe God is glorified. So I think one of the reasons that most people don't believe this is that they don't believe it's scriptural. So this morning, what I want to do for you is to help you work through a biblical argument, the principles from God's Word, as to why I believe church membership is not only optional, it's essential for every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. A membership, not just in God's universal church, His invisible church, as some theologians call it, but a member of a visible local body. And I pray that this is going to be the place that you choose to call your church home. Would you turn with me to um, several passages, but let's start with Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Now, Peter has just had this opportunity to preach this incredible 
this incredible gospel message. And amazingly, Peter, weeks before, afraid before the little girl at the fire, and he denied Christ over and over again. And what did what happened? Weeks later, Peter is preaching this message with the fire of the Holy Spirit. And 3,000 people, if you look here in verse 40, with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Verse 41. So those who received the word were what? Baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. That what happened was that Peter got the opportunity to preach the word, that people were saved, they were immediately baptized, and then what happens right after this? Verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And awe came over all the souls, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all those who were believed were what? Together gathered, and they had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as had need. And that day, day by day, attending the temple together, breaking the breads in their homes and receiving their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. What was happening was this. As the gospel message goes out, people are hearing the gospel. They are being transformed by the gospel. They are immediately going into the waters of baptism to be an outward sign of the inward reality. And then they were added to this church, a local church, where they put themselves under the leadership, where they were hearing the teaching of God's word, where they were sharing with one another, caring for one another, using their gifts. So this body was growing deeper and deeper deeper. It's an amazing aspect. So, so there seems to be a principle in God's word of even in the early church that people would hear the gospel, get baptized, become part of the church, and then use their gifts within the church. Turn with me to Matthew. It's a passage that we looked at several weeks ago. Matthew chapter 16 I said 16. I said 16. It's not 16. It is 16. Very good. <laughs> oh. You remember several weeks ago we were talking about uh, Jesus, and it said that Jesus asked, verse 13, now when Jesus had come to the disciples' district of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked the disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or the prophets. And he said, but who do you say that I am? And you remember we said that the church's one confession is this, that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered them and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood is not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, you remember the church's foundation is not Peter, the church's foundation is the word, on this rock I will build my church. And then we talked about the church's security, and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. 
And then what God did is he gave you the keys to the kingdom that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth, you will be loosed in heaven. We had talked about that as being the church's authority, that the church comes together under the confession of God that Jesus Christ is the leader, under the foundation of his word, under his work and his authority. We are given the opportunity to be able to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's look at a several passages that I believe is going to talk about this church that Jesus Christ is looking to build. Turn with me to Acts chapter 20. In Acts chapter 20, Jesus Christ is looking to talk about the church. There are a lot of biblical metaphors of the church. This is one of them in Acts chapter 20. Um, if you look in the New Testament, the Bible talks about the um, church being a flock. It talks about it being a temple. It talks about being a body, and it talks about it being a family. Um, here in Acts 20, we see the flock. Verse 28, pay careful attention. He's, Jesus, I'm sorry, Paul is talking to the elders in this land, and he says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. And this is the charge for the leaders. To care for the church of God, which he obtained by his own blood. That I know that after I depart, Paul is going to leave, fierce wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will raise up men speaking twisted things to draw the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that there three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend to you God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who have sanctified. What Paul is saying is this that the elders were given a charge over a flock of people. They're ultimately Christ sheep, that we are called to be under shepherds, and the primary thing we're called to do is to oversee, to care, and to help and protect you as a believer. So the metaphors in Scripture seem to be that the local church seems to be a flock, it's a temple, it's a body. Um, Pastor Tim was talking about that just even last time. The, the Bible seems to talk about in 1 Corinthians 14, 23, it talks about when the whole church comes together in one place. Is that the church all over the world or is that the church like the chapel at Warren Valley? In, in the New Testament, it talks about the fact that there are pastoral leaders, as Pastor Doug preached on two weeks ago, there are pastoral leaders that have been given oversight and spiritual leadership of a certain flock. Here we see the same thing, that this, these shepherds are called to be leaders over this particular flock. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13 for another aspect of this. So if pastors and overseers or shepherds is called to care for the flock, these leaders are in certain locations, in certain places, they are supposed to be leading the souls that God has given them to be placed under their care. And in Hebrews thirteen seventeen, we see this. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them 
for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. One of the awe-inspiring responsibilities of being a pastor and elder is that the men in this church are going to be held accountable for you before God. We will be held accountable for the preaching and the teaching. We will be held accountable for the leading and the shepherding of this flock. It is a, it is a huge responsibility that the writer of the Hebrews is telling us, and greater than that, the Holy Spirit is telling us, that your leaders are going to have to be giving watch over your soul. So how does that happen if you're anonymous? How does that happen if you become a church hopper? How does that happen if you come into the service and then you leave? There has to be life on life for that to happen. That we as leaders are called to shepherd and you as laity are called to obey, to submit to authority in the Lord Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 5, I won't have you turn there, but it's interesting. There is a verse there in verse 13 that talks about the fact that the community of believer community was coming together and then a smaller number were joining together. And it actually said that some actually feared joining the group and they chose not to. In the New Testament, there is a principle when Jesus was talking about the keys, there's a principle of that keys um, to heaven um, of church discipline. Remember in Matthew 18, Jesus had talked about the fact that um, if you have a problem one-on-one, you go one-on-one with somebody. And then after you've done that, if they don't hear you, you bring one or two along with you to establish the authority. And if that doesn't work, then you bring them before the what? The church. So if you have a struggle with somebody, what you're called to do is to speak with them one-on-one. When that doesn't work, you bring somebody else in, and then when that doesn't work, you bring them before the church. And then what the church is called to do, the church is called to provide discipline for those members of their church who've chosen not to respond to the leadership that is there. They are removed from fellowship. But that can only happen if you are part of a membership of a church. So the example of the New Testament, early New Testament, is that they would gather together and they would meet with one another and then they would immediately become part of the church. The example through the New Testament is that there are leaders that have been set up for you, men who are responsible to shepherd you, who are supposed to be diligently leading you and taking charge over you. These are men who are supposed to give an account before God for the individuals that have been allotted to their charge. There, there seems to be an, a, a goal for you as laity to obey your leaders and to submit to them. And I would ask you, if you are not part of a church, who is who's your leader? That throughout the New Testament, we would find accountability, church discipline, that where you were called to put yourself under somebody's authority so that they can help you to grow and become more like Christ. Do you remember in 1 Corinthians 5, there was this guy that was having sexual, immor- sexual relationships with his father's mother and father's wife. You remember that? And so this guy in the Corinth church was having sex with his father's what? 
and the church did nothing about it. And what Paul called the leaders, the elders to do, was to exercise authority in this man's life, to call him to an account, and to remove him from fellowship. It seems to be that in 2 Corinthians, that man, who is now submitted to authority, has been brought back into the fellowship of believers. And church membership also provides you an opportunity for mutual edification, care, and growth. You practice those one another commandments that Pastor Tim has talked about before. You exercise your spiritual gifts in this community. You find a loving commitment in this community so that you exemplify God-likeness in this community and you exercise your spiritual gifts in diligent service in this community. So, Throughout Scripture, it seems to be that God has laid down a flock, a body, a group, a family to come together and not just to hop from one another. So, so why does church membership matter? I think church membership matters because you make a visible commitment to a particular local church, but you also make a visible commitment to God. As you go into the waters of baptism, you, all you're doing is not saving you. You're making a visible profession of the fact that you have joined the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you join a local church, you're making a visible commitment that you have joined a body. Second, I think what you do, if you become a member of a local church, what you do is in this commitmentless society, you're showing yourself that I am committing to a group of people. This group of people has become people that I am going to be able to connect with. You move from independence in your life, move from autonomy. You put yourself under some level of accountability where somebody can help you and know you and help you to grow. You put yourself under faithful shepherds that are there that are looking to be a watch over you. You give yourself an opportunity to make a promise and you say, this becomes my place, my home, my family. And you give yourself the opportunity to be able to share and use your gifts with others. So the Bible seems to be this. Membership is not just optional. It's implied through church discipline. Membership is implied through church leadership. Membership is implied through church accountability. Membership is implied through your commitment and interdependence. Membership is there for all of us to take part in. So I ask you, when we meet together, do you pray for one another? It's part of a membership. Acts chapter 1 verse 14 told us that we need to do that. Do you fellowship in a community of believers? Acts chapter 2 verse 42 do you give your money to a local church that becomes your church to help to pay for the church and also to serve those that are poor believers? Acts chapter 2, verse 44 through 45. Do you assist the church in helping those that are in need, the orphans and widows? And in 1 Timothy 5, verse 3. Do you, do you find yourself putting yourself under being admonished by leaders that are helping you to grow in Romans 14 and 15 verse 14? Are you giving an opportunity to be loved by somebody and then to love others? 
Romans 12, verse 10. Do you participate in the Lord's Supper and do you submit yourself to leadership? Do you listen to the preached word? Do you use your various gifts? See, the problem in our society is that we are commitment-less. And the Bible seems to be over and over again that you join together. I heard this interesting illustration. Let's say Pastor Tim invites somebody over, Pastor Tim and Ruth invite people over to eat dinner, which they do often. And they invite you to eat dinner in their home. And, and what Pastor Tim and Ruth probably do is that they get their house prepared. They clean their house. They buy the food. They purchase the food. They also put the food together. They make the food. They are preparing for you to come over as an invited guest. It's great. The responsibilities of their children growing up would have been to prepare for those invited guests to come in. Great. Now, the invited guest only has to do this. They come, they eat, they have fun, and then what do they do? They leave. And then who has to clean the dishes? Probably not Pastor Tim. <laughs> but who has to clean the dishes? Who has to vacuum the floor? Who has to put away the food? Who has to do all of the work of the family? The family. I guess what I am hoping is that you become not just an invited guest, but part of the family. What happens if that invited guest came over every day? And every day that invited guest is coming to be part of this family and take part in the family, and Tim and Ruth are paying for the food, Tim and Ruth are cleaning up the house, but the invited guest comes in, has fun, and they leave, and they don't take part. I bet you that Tim would eventually say to them that I want you to become part of our family. I want you to participate in the things that we do, and maybe you can help, and maybe we can go over your house next week, and we, we share with one another. We do a vital relationship with one another. I guess what I'm saying is this. I want you to consider not just being a frequent attender or an invited guest, I want you to consider being part of the family. And it's not scary. It's, it's, I, I mean, it's not a perfect family, but this is a family where you could be loved on and cared for. This is a family where we can come and protect you and help you. This is a family that will be there with you when you're in need and when you're struggling. This is a family that wants to help and support you. I have this paradigm I use. I'll close with this. I took the phrase, God changes us through what? Vital relationships. So I took the word vital. And I wanted to think about the process by which we tend to move in the chapel. And I start with the word V, Vic, visiting. Some of you have been visiting here for quite a while. Some of you have been visiting here for decades. And you come on Sunday mornings and then you leave. And, and in that visiting, you come to the service, you attend the service, you attend the studies, but you have never really made a deep and lasting commitment. You're a visitor. Even as we look at our, our list, we have a long list of visitors and we have a shorter list of members and that's the way we have it. We move it from visitor. But, but I want you to move to the next one, I. I want you to become involved. 
I want you to think about this, that if the New Testament principle is that this is a flock, this is a body, this is a family, that I want you to consider prayerfully, should I start to become involved here? And what do I mean by involved? Come to our new attendees class dinner that is going to happen in a couple of weeks. Consider the new membership class. There's a sign-up sheet outside that, you know what, I've been visiting here for a while, but now I think by God's authority that I'm really, this is going to become my place. I want to stop being a frequent visitor at this place. I want to become part of the family. I want you to think about not just becoming involved, but making a commitment to receiving leadership and care and growth and discipleship, but I want you to consider becoming involved and becoming a family. You move from being a visitor to involved to the second, the third level. I want you to consider being trained. There are so many Bible studies that are going on here, men and women's Bible studies, Sunday night Bible studies, prayer meetings that are, are poorly attended. And as I look out at this congregation and we look on a Thursday night, the number of people that are at the prayer meeting is very small. The number of people that are, are in the Sunday school adult Bible fellowships in the morning are small. And, and what I want you to consider doing is moving from just being a visitor to involved, that you say, this, this is my family, and now I move to a place where I'm going to be trained by God. I'm, these leaders have been given to me by God to train me and how to learn to live a God-honoring life. So I put myself under discipleship and the care and the growth, and I want to have a unity of mind, and I want to have a unity of heart, and I want to learn more about God, and I want to learn more about Him. I want to live for Him. I want to sit under the proclamation of the gospel. I want to see a living demonstration of the gospel in my lives. So I move from being a visitor to involved to trained to assisting. See, the next step is this, that you start to use the gifts that God has given you to help others, to assist this body. I want to be able to see my connection team overflowing with people that just want to use their abilities to help and greet people. We should have people signing up for the worship team, people signing up for the kitchen. It should not be a struggle to get somebody to teach Sunday school that as you are just passionate about desiring God to use you and to minister through you, that you can assist this body. Because this is not a, a frequent visitor. This is my family. So I, am, I move from being a visitor to involved deeply. And I am being trained by these leaders in my life. And now I am using my gifts to assist. And then for some of you, you may move to a place where you become a leader. Maybe it's a leader of a, 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 a Sunday school class. Maybe you'll take a small group yourself. Maybe you'll, you'll take over some type of um, service project here at the church. Or maybe some of you will be called to leadership in another way here in this church. But you move from being a frequent visitor, move from being a guest to a family member. So what's our problem today? Our problem is that uh, there's so many people today that are so um, disconnected. So many people today believe that church membership is really not vital. It's not there biblically. So many people today have churched hop and they move from one church to another. So many people today are not growing in their spiritual lives because they've not put themselves under somebody that knows them and loves them. 
so many people today are failing to use the gifts that they have to help others. And I'm asking you to consider moving from just being a visitor to involved. I'm asking you to consider moving from being involved to train, be in those groups to hear God's word taught and preached. I'm asking you, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have spiritual gifts, I'm asking you to assist this body, help this body, give and serve, because this is part of your family. And then I'm asking you to grow in leadership. So I ask you these questions as I close. Am I actively committed to the chapel at Warren Valley? Am I actively committed to this body of believers that God has given? Am I supporting this church with my tithes and offerings and my gifts? Am I serving other believers in this church through prayer? Am I actively engaged in mutual care, admonishment, edification? Am I living a lifestyle that's self-sacrificial towards other believers? Am I a member of a visible local church? I'm encouraging you. I'm pleading with you. Stop being, a member, stop being a visitor. Become a family member. So, Lord, I pray. That you would help us to see the, the beauties of being a family member. Being a visitor is fun, I guess, at times. We can visit local restaurants. We can go to different people's homes. But... It's radically different being a family member. I couldn't discipline somebody else's children. I can discipline my own. I'm not called to provide for other people's children. I'm called to provide for my own. God, you have given these leaders here this flock. Father, I pray that you would help us to move to a greater level of commitment, not only to this local body, but a greater level of commitment to you. Father, I, I pray that every person here that's a believer will be convicted by the fact that they have a gift. I pray that they be using that gift in this body that they call their family. I pray for the leaders here, Father, the incredible charge that you give us to shepherd these people, to care for these people, because we will be held under account for it. Help us to take that charge well. And Father, as we leave here, I pray that we'd be able to connect in community, develop those vital relationships, move from being a visitor to involved, being, moving from involved to trained, moving from being trained to assisting, and for some of us, moving into leadership. And help us to do that all because your son is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. In Jesus' name, amen.